Welcome to the Four Color Chat Show. I'm Deacon, alongside fellow geek, JJW. Hello, sir. Hey, how you been? I'm very excited. People have uh, people have been telling us they kind of like this, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for our, our first official episode. Yes, we have uh, several uh, folks listening in tonight. Hello, everyone. Uh, uh, one of our contributors and guys that talked uh, to us last week, Silver, is in here. Hello, sir. We hope to hear from you. And uh, if, feel free to talk to us about any of these subjects if you want to chime in, even if you're like a, hey, I would, I don't know much about that. I would like to know more. We would love to. Uh, we, we, this is just a big roundtable discussion of all things comic culture. Yeah, there's a uh, green button on your Discord client that lets you push to talk and join the show. So if you got something to say, let us know. Um, make sure that you announce your name, introduce yourself, but join in. Let's talk. Yeah, we've got some cool topics this week uh, in comics. Uh, we've got uh, some new stuff, uh, new characters. Uh, we've got some old characters coming back, uh, TV shows. One of our favorite characters gets a sidekick. And uh, in movies, there's there's a lot of movie stuff. JJ, there's there's oh yeah, there's some stuff to talk about with the movies. So uh, let's get to it. Let's hit some comics this week. Uh, first couple of subjects here, we're going to try to run through really quickly. Um, the first one I saw made me laugh because um, I've worked in the radio business for over twenty years. And I've seen this in the past, and we have to be very careful about things like this in the business. But recently, a judge has issued an injunction against using the words Comic Con. And this goes back to uh, the San Diego Comic Con, the comic convention, and the Salt Lake Comic Con. And <sighs> this is <laughs> how silly is this mess? I mean, they they are fighting over that brand. Like 10, 20 years ago, no nobody really cared. You know, Comic Cons were just where the the nerds and the geeks, you know, got together. Well, now it's a multi million dollar business. So the injunction where there's the money. injunction includes phonetic phrases such as Comic Con with a dash in the middle and C O M I K O N. <laughs> the, the, a lot of these comic cons are going to have, they're going to be called something else, which doesn't change what it is because th that's where the silliness and all this comes in. <laughs> yeah. All the different phonetic spellings of the word comic con. But this judge issued Sa uh, Salt Lake comic con to pay like $4 million and attorney's fees and court costs and all that mess. So I just thought that that was uh, worth mentioning. A lot of us go to comic cons. That we can't call them com comic conventions. I've never been to San Diego. I heard there's there's hundreds of thousands of people that attend. I can't. Any of you guys ever go to a big one? Hey, BC Discman here. I was just curious who brought the injunction. It was by San Diego Comic Convention. They uh, they basically brought a case against the Salt Lake Comic Con organizers, and uh, sometime last year. So basically, San Diego Comic Con (SDCC) the big one is pushing everybody else off the playground. <laughs> and it's funny, here where I live in Kentucky, we have a little bitty town called Sturgis. And every year, motorcyclists would get together and they called it Little Sturgis. Well, it got to be so big that the Big Sturgis 
actually sued them so they can't call it Little Sturgis anymore. It's the Western Kentucky Bike Rally or something now in Sturgis, Kentucky. So it's this is nothing new. You know, I always thought that uh, San Diego Comic-Con was organized and, and run by the same people that did the New York Comic-Con. But, you know, I've never been to either. Well, they're owned by different companies. So it's possible that the San Diego Comic-Con could actually make, could actually prohibit New York from running under the name New York Comic-Con, which is almost as massive, unless they strike some sort of a licensing deal for the name. But, I mean, how does this help fans? How does the how is this for us? This is all about money for them. Yeah. Support your artists and inkers and writers. You know, you know what to do. Speaking yeah. of speaking of artists, let's move on to this next one. Uh, a legendary artist passed away this past week. Um, I had never heard of him, Russ Heath. He was 91 years old. So he was one of the artists during that early era that uh didn't get appreciated that got uh you know yeah. that got he he worked for timely comics um which was the predecessor to marvel and he worked on uh books like the a lot of western books like two gun kid and wild western um and he his his last uh his last published art was actually from 2009 and it was um immortal the immortal iron fist number 20. So I think he did. Uh, he did a four-page pencil and ink job for Immortal Iron Fist Twenty. That's cool. He's 90, 91 years old, and y- you know we know the we know the big names. We know Stan Lee. We know Jack Kirby. We know you know Jim Starlin. But there was a lot of people just like this that contributed to comic book art and culture and. You know, this guy made an impression on other people that made an impression that made an impression that eventually got gets to us. So, you know, it's it's sad to lose anyone. And I, I certainly hope that he gets a bit of recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Now. You know, now posthumously. But, yeah. you know, uh, well, he caused caused me yeah. to look him up. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, more people will become more aware of him. I'm gonna after the show. I'm gonna go look up some of his books on uh, Marvel Unlimited. All right. This um, next topic um, is for some. Uh, I haven't been reading this, so you're gonna have to help me a little bit. And some of you folks in there, if if you've been reading this, but um, it, it's entitled "New Captain America Shield Revealed." And it's basically, I don't know. It's some art that this artist Adam Kubert um posted on his instagram he kind of teased two panels and it's a mashup of doctor strange and captain america and he's called soldier supreme and it the shield is you know it appears to be one of those mystic shields that doctor strange conjures up right have you been do you know more about this i'm the, this is the, these books are are currently coming out or coming out soon, and I'm about six months behind with everything, but I am aware that they are doing this Infinity Wars plural storyline, and they're doing a bunch of character kind of mashups. Um, uh, I know that the, this is the 
the Steve Rogers Sorcerer Supreme. The, but some of these characters look really cool, though. I, re- I want yeah. more of this. Silver. Here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I've heard a little bit about this here and there, but now that I see what one of them looks like, I want to see what they all look like. Like this is a, such a cool concept. Concept. Imagine it coming to the silver screen. Imagine this like in movies. Like, this is like a whole brand new concept in comic books. Well, they did amalgams back in the 1990s. Deacon, you probably remember this, where they had they had the, the DC Marvel amalgam books, where they had like Batman yeah, yeah. and Wolverine crossed over. I can't and, remember who Superman was. Um, so, they, I mean, they've, they, they've done this kind of stuff before in the past, but... Uh, I mean, this is this is not an Elseworlds. This is not a what if. This is like six one six prime. This That's is what the- I was going to bring up was the what if books. I was a big what if fan, and I love those. And I think they're kind of re-releasing some of these big what if stories now with some new stuff. But uh, yeah, this is in the prime six one six universe that they're doing this. So you have you have some of the um, mashups here. Let's just run them over and see if okay. anybody thinks. See what anybody thinks here. Uh, you have Iron Hammer, which is Iron Man and Thor. <laughs> that would be awesome. Arachnite, which is Moon Knight and Spider Man. That's awesome. I wonder which you know, like only one of the personalities is actually the person, right? So it's probably like it's probably Mark Spector as Spider Man, or do you think it would be Peter Parker possessed by? Uh, Kunshu or the goddess of death. So like, which way like, is did, it? Yeah. Did Tony Stark yeah. get Mjolnir? Wow. Is that even possible? I liked the weapon hex X 23 and Scarlet witch. Uh, <laughs> That's all. I would have never thought of that. They're doing hot rocks, which is human torch. And the thing. <laughs> hot rocks. Um, Ghost Panther, Ghost Rider and Black Panther, uh, The Green Widow, She-Hulk and the Black Widow, uh, Mr. Invisible, Reed and Sue Richards, and this one, uh, Moon Squirrel and Tippy Sar, which is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Squirrel Girl and Tippy. <laughs> so, oh man. All right. So, um, we'll see, we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, one more piece of comic news here. Uh, I think, yeah, um, we'll go through this just real quick. We might not have to name all these, uh, but uh, Magneto is back, and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is coming back to the Marvel Universe. Magneto has had a wild ride for many years. I mean, he was evil, and then he was good. Uh, he was he was kind of good and then he was de-aged and amnesiafied and uh and then he was re-aged and still still kind of good and morally ambiguous and i don't know okay i want to propose something to the folks out there um this is what i've always thought about magneto i loved x-men as a kid it was my primary um uh, comic that i read um and i i never really looked at magneto as the ultimate evil he came from his upbringing. He had a different mindset than Charles did because Charles did not have to, Charles did not come from the same environment that Eric did. So I never really thought he was, he taking stuff to the extreme. Absolutely. But 
I never really looked at him as the ultimate evil guy intent on he was doing what he honestly thought was right due to his environment and his upbringing. Yeah, I mean, his goal his goal wasn't strictly to dominate the world. It was to liberate the mutants that were being oppressed by the world. And he's back. Um, he's coming back. He's going to be the big baddie again. And he's got a new brotherhood that's got some folks in it. Do you want to list some of these folks? I mean, Toad's coming back. Um, yeah, I mean, I recognize the Toad. And I actually recognize Morrow, yeah. who's the one that pulls bones. Former, she was a former X-Man. Got one in the back that kind of looks like Jean Grey. but Amelia Voigt uh, was one of Charles Xavier's former lovers. There's Exodus, um, an immortal mutant that's got psychic powers, a human character named Briar Raleigh, who has no, she has no superpowers, but she's one of these people that had like a, uh, she was in a subculture that followed villains and stuff, you know, that idolized villains. So I don't know. It looks interesting. I, I've always liked the X-Men stuff and the spinoffs. What do you guys think? Uh, Silver here. Uh I think it's very interesting. Like, how long has it been since we've seen the Brotherhood of Mutants in the comics? I've been quite out of touch with that lately. It's been a while. Um, for a long, for a while, they were doing they did they were doing Avengers versus X Men, and then they were doing Avengers versus I mean the X Men versus Inhumans. And during you know basically the entire downfall of Charles Xavier Xavier years, uh, the mutants were more or less on the same side. They weren't really. They weren't really good mutants and bad mutants. They were mutants. And then I was just going to say, like, ever since his redemption arc, it was just like, he like said, his redemption arc, and then he's de-aging and then consistent amnesia. We haven't seen the uh, OG Magneto, like the big bad man Magneto, in a while. In the I think this is what he's supposed to be, yeah. It's, I'm just, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it, and that's uh, all i got to say. Our buddy Pim is... Uh, having coffee in Paris or something tonight. <laughs> he can't talk to us, but he's texted us and he says, uh, is mystique in the brotherhood. Uh, she went free agent for a long stretch of years. I, she wasn't mentioned. And, uh, I don't know if the comic is out yet or not, but I always liked mystique. She, she was, she was a cool character too. BC, this man here. I had a question, uh, for a long time, it seemed like they were trying to phase out the mutants in favor of, uh, the, uh, immortals or inhumans rather. Do you think that now that this I, you know, I think that the um, downplay of the mutants in the publishing side and the crossover of the mutants and mixing them up with Avengers or Inhumans or or other characters, I feel like part of that was to dilute the potency of the. I don't know. Mutant, That's good. Um, license agreements, you know, so that because because it's, it's Fox, Fox has the mutant rights right they can make all the x-men movies so it was kind of to dilute that and but now that and just like the fantastic four we haven't had a fantastic and four i heard galactus may be in the horizon for that fantastic four but that's we'll talk about that when that gets here but no you're, you're i think you're right about that with the x i mean they even did that in the comics i the house of m series was to you know and what happened afterwards that was because there was so many mutants coming out you know, in the 90s, they just started throwing any character that they could get out there all across the board. That's how we got Deadpool. That's how we got Cable. You know, that's how we got Domino. That's how we got a lot of those characters because uh, in the 90s, they were just throwing them out there. I mean, there was a time where any book with an X in it was going to sell. 
And so, yeah, they made up bukus of, of mutant characters. And, you know, they kind of diluted the franchise a little bit. I so, don't know. And, but since the movies have come out in there and the, and the, and the profits for the movies are going to Fox, Marvel was trying to downplay the mutants a little bit and trying to elevate the inhumans, which is, you know, another property that they own that they can, that they can develop. But unfortunately, I just don't think that the inhumans characters are resonating with people. No, it was okay in Agents of Shield, but I mean the it, it was I, a buddy of mine joked and called it the Agents of, of Inhumans or something. I can't remember. That's, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It, it went heavy. It went heavy there, and honestly, that was better than the ABC show. The ABC show was just dreadful. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see if this book is 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 going uh, is is going to do well. But I think the book is called um, X Men Black magneto right yeah they've got a gold so, and a blue out right now so. yeah so this is going to be this is going to be out in october so this is coming out soon and if you're on marvel unlimited you'll probably see it like all right tv shows uh jj i'm going to let you take the first one here i was not a real big watcher of this tv show man they are rebooting buffy the vampire slayer i started seeing stories about this two three four weeks ago now anytime it's a popular show that you like and the word reboot, you better yeah. just yeah. <laughs> pucker your butt because like, oh, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? But, but it's been nothing but good news for this show. They have Joss Whedon involved. They have his blessing. They have basically got the, the blessing of Allison, Allison Hannigan, I think is her name. Many of the cast of the old show, the, the, the cast seems to be pretty supportive. The plan, as far as I know, is that they will um, maintain legacy continuity. So the old Buffy still happened, but this is going to be a new show okay. about a new Buffy, a new vampire slayer. Um, so I think that the plan is to honor uh, honor the original series. And, I mean, that is a show that, I mean, it's very much, it very much exists in the 1990s and into 2000. But... On another level, it's it's a timeless show. You can pick that show up and watch it at any time. And and the characters are rich. The characters are detailed. I mean, basically, Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of perfected the big bad of the week storytelling across multiple stories. So they would have you know a big bad villain every week, and then a, a season wide bad big bad villain. And in fact, the terminology for Buffy. Um, in the used in writers' rooms, they still use the the language that was more or less developed for that show by Joss and his team. So this is um, so the original showrunner of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original one, has reacted to the reboot, and they uh, the it was Marty Nixon, and she shared her thoughts, and she said, "quote I'll be honest. Initially, I was like, no, don't touch the sacred text." But the more I learned about it, the more excited I got. I'm excited that there is a female showrunner and that she's a woman of color writing about a woman of color. So I'm actually really pumped for it. So the new star of the forthcoming Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot um, is uh, supposed to be a uh, entirely different Buffy. And I think it's going to be Very uh, cool. a woman of color. So we, uh, I don't think they have any cast yet. They don't have any... Um, they don't have any. I like anybody the, I like what Pim said. He, you know, I prefer the continuations too over 
like retellings of the story. Honor the first, but you know, you know, t- tell a new part. I mean, yeah, it gives you so much more depth too. If you have to make it up whole cloth, then you have to make it up whole cloth. But if you can, if you can somehow uh, maintain the legacy and still carry it forward, yeah. I mean, that's just that gives you so much more depth. And the possibility that Allison Hannigan or Angel. that Spike could show up, or uh, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> In fact, I, I believe that he has said that you know he wishes them oh, well okay. from afar. He'll be supportive from afar. Like he, he he's not really interested in, in joining the show. But um, James Marsters is supportive, and I would be su- shocked dead if yeah. they didn't figure out a way to put Spike yeah. on the show. At least cool. is a cameo. Nice. I might have to go back and watch him then. Silver was too young. Yeah, but you're not too young to use Netflix. So you have, I think there's like seven seasons of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's great. All right. I love Daredevil on Netflix. And rumor is that he's getting a new sidekick that it was a, it was a person that I'd never heard of before. Blind Spot. I'm not too familiar with this character, but I have read a few issues um, where he was in it. I think that his character is either actually blind or I don't, I don't remember if this is the one that kind of like goes crazy and starts blinding people, like pulling their eyes out or something like that. There was a really dark storyline with, uh, with daredevil blind spot. And there was a third character. Well, it hasn't been officially announced, but, um, Samuel Chin, um, an actor has been, um, listed as playing him. And although, uh, it's not been confirmed from Marvel or Netflix. IMDb has Chin as a cast member in four episodes, so that might be pretty cool. I like Daredevil. I mean, his uh, his 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 suit looks cool. It would look good on screen. It's not complicated. It's you know simple. But now it would in look- the comics, he was um, uh, Pim saying more of a protege than a sidekick. Um, I think it actually said in the article that. Samuel Chin was hoping that they would not stay with the original story and create something new for his character. So you know how they do. Daredevil has been one of the better yeah, shows on Netflix. I agree. And uh I really and, like it. You know, maybe if they do this instead of having Danny Rand on, this would be pretty good. Um Adam Warlock in the chat asks, uh, do you guys like Marvel Unlimited? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I use it. I, I have a subscription, an annual subscription. The thing about Marvel Unlimited is that the the um, stories that you get are unlocked week to week, but they're about six months behind. So just now I'm picking up on stories that are six months ago, but for $60 a year, you get essentially access to a hundred percent of the Marvel content. It's just usually about six months late, but the better part of it is that you get access to Marvel content going back decades. I mean, I've read stuff from 1937, 1939, 19, you can go back and read some of these classic yeah, storylines, you know, days of past and the dark entire, Phoenix and entire stuff like arcs. that. And there's, there's some stuff that's out, but yeah, Dark Phoenix. You can go back to, you can go back to X Men, uh, 1977. You can go back to 108 uh, through like 132. You can read the entire Phoenix Saga, Dark Phoenix Saga. I mean, it's all there. So, uh, 
Marvel Unlimited, and, and right now I think you can get like anytime you can start for free for a month or something like that. Try it. It's great. I, I definitely recommend it. All right. Um, going back, uh, I want to mention this. I'm not going to read this whole th- uh, big long thing here that we have in our show notes, but um, I'm a real big fan of Gotham. And um, I watch it on Netflix, so I don't watch it when it's up to date on the TV. We watch it on Netflix. Uh, I love the show. I love how they're approaching the show. If you don't know what it is, it's um, um, it's about uh, what's his name, Gordon, when he was young, younger, and yeah, before he was the commissioner. Yeah, and a young Bruce Wayne after the death of his parents and having to grow up and learning, you know, learning, you know, as a kid, some of the ideals that Batman you know, has and enforces. And you see a lot, what I love is the kind of origins of the villains. And this next story is basically maybe Bane's father is coming to the season five cast. And in in season five, I guess, is going to be the last season of Gotham. I just think that the um, viewership is probably down a little bit. I feel like that show's always struggled to find its footing. Yeah, it's bounced all over the place, but I really thought the casting was excellent in these parts, though. It was, I really like the show. Well, you know, that, uh, anybody have anything? Does anybody that's listening like Gotham? Adam Warlock again says, uh, here's what I don't like about Gotham. I don't want a Batman prequel. I want Batman. It suffers from the Star Wars prequel syndrome. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. I can I, I can completely see what you're saying. Most of the time, doing a prequel is not a better story. Most of the time. I actually like Gotham a lot, but uh, I think Danny Trejo should have been the uh, go-to actor for the dad of... Uh, for the father yeah. of, of of who? Of Bane. Oh, oh, you're talking about that. Yeah, for season five. Danny Trejo... Oh, the, Danny Trejo's already part of the... DC extended universe though. Danny Trejo is the father of uh what's her name? She's on uh, the Flash. Um she's yeah, she's Flash. Vibe's girlfriend from the other dimension. Right. And he's her father, who was yeah. actually had powers. Gypsy. Gypsy's father. Father, yeah. I can't remember his name now on there. Yeah. Yeah. So Danny Trejo is officially part of the DC DC universe. <laughs> they could easily Chris Evans him though. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. They did that. Chris Evans was uh, was Johnny Storm before he was Captain America. But I think if you go back and watch Chris Evans as Johnny Storm, and then just it was just a couple years later he did it Captain America, the difference in performance is astounding. Like that's almost two different people. So I don't know if the bitter still asks, and I don't know if the CW Flash and Arrow aren't canon with Gotham. They're probably not. Yeah, they're probably not. In fact, um, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure that DC uh, is uh, more and more has taken the the stance that their TV shows are you know of disparate continuity. Their movies are of disparate continuity. They're kind of adopting the um, the New Fifty Two aspect where there's multiple realities. So, so. CW Flash can coexist with movie Flash, can coexist with comic book Flash across across yeah. realities. That way they can, uh, because, I mean, let's be honest, the uh, the continuity movie franchise, just that plan did not work for DC. <laughs> so they're, they're actively going the other way. In fact, this is a good, um, a good segue to, uh, to the first movie yeah. bit. 
uh, Deacon. Um, I don't know if you're aware. I'm but, very indifferent about this, so I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you talk about it. Yeah. So, so uh, about a year ago, there were rumors. You know, after Suicide Squad came out, and Suicide Squad did uh, okay in the theaters, and uh, and uh, there there started to be um, rumors that um, Warner Brothers or DC was going to put together a Joker movie, not a Batman movie. A Joker movie, a Joker, a movie where Joker and maybe Harley Quinn were the principal characters in the show. And I think at one time, Leonardo DiCaprio was kind of rumored for this role. Um, definitely not. What's his name? Who, who was the most recent? Uh, remind me, who, who's that? Who's the most recent Joker in um, Suicide Squad? Oh, Spot? Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Not that guy. Definitely not that guy. Now, they were going to have Jared Leto uh, continue in some of the other movies, but this would be a different Joker movie with maybe Leonardo DiCaprio. I guess he passed. And right now, um, the uh, the Joker role is going to be filled by... Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, Queen Phoenix. Yeah, Queen Phoenix. It was rumored that Alec Baldwin would take the job as Thomas Wayne. So... How do you say his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. I'm saying it way wrong. (laughs) Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker and Alec Baldwin to play Thomas Wayne, who in an alternate reality was actually Batman in, uh, I think it's in the um, Flashpoint. Yes, the Flashpoint storyline. Thomas Wayne's son, Bruce, was killed in that version of the story and Thomas Wayne, the vengeful father, became the Batman. Well, Alec Baldwin, when asked about uh, the Thomas Wayne role in the new and exciting Joker movie, said, yeah, I'm not going to do that movie. So Alec Baldwin is already out as Thomas Wayne. <laughs> so, so what what do you uh, think about Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker? That dude's a character. Um, I would prefer to see him do the role than, uh, than to see... Jared Leto reprised the role. I would prefer to see Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I think it would be cool. It would have been cool to see Leonardo DiCaprio because mm-hmm. I imagine a Leonardo DiCaprio performance would have actually been would have been grounded and real, but would have had a lot of hints of the 1989 uh, Jack. Yeah, uh, Jack Nicholson Joker. Nicholson, Jack Nicholson Joker. There would have been hints of that, you know, in a in a Leonardo. But you know, I don't know. Just DC make. What, what does everybody movie. else think about him as the Joker? Uh, I mean, who do you go to? Who do you go to in Hollywood to be the Joker? Silver here. Go ahead, Silver. Um, it just depends on who the actor is and what they've done in the past. But I mean, to me, a Joker. I did not like Jared Leto's Joker. That's just my personal opinion. I wasn't a fan of it. Okay, I'm more. I'm more of a fan of a Nicholson Joker. Like, N- Nicholson was honestly my favorite Joker out of all of them. He just brung that certain aspect I wanted to see in today's, in today's movies and stuff. And he played a part really, really well, and it gave him chills down my spine, personally. Well, yeah, I mean, Jack Nicholson provided an an, an a memorable performance, and you know, 
this was before you were even born really, but uh, you know, Jack Nicholson, the previous, the previous Joker to Jack Nicholson was Cesar Romero. Which yeah. is basically a cartoon, right? He wouldn't shave his mustache. So they would paint over it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, Jack Nicholson's performance was certainly flamboyant and eccentric, but it was also darker and, and more sinister. But I mean, the, 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 the measuring stick, the, the role that, that you always compete with for the Joker role is, is obviously Heath Ledger. I, I liked Heath Ledger's version just because I have always, the, the Joker is, I, I liked how Alfred explained it. Some men just want to watch the world burn. They don't care about anything else. And I thought he did a great job. I wanted to defend, I, I've kind of changed my stance on Joaquin Phoenix. When I first heard that he was going to be the Joker, I was like, for real? But then I started thinking, wait a minute. I hated his character in Gladiator, but that doesn't, I right. hated his character yeah. because he did it so well. He made you hate him. You know, he is a really good, I think personally, great character actor. If you've never seen the documentary, I think it's called I'll Be Me. No, no, no. That's the Glenn Campbell documentary. Um, he's got a documentary out. Where basically then he did his didn't he do one where he was uh everybody thought he was crazy. He was saying that he was going to release a rap. Yeah, album. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he went on David Letterman. I remember him going on David Letterman. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. That. he had this beard. And it was all it was like a year long you know, they were faking it to see if they could manipulate the media into really thinking that he really wanted to start a rap career. It was great, and and it proves that he is yeah. he has the ability to get into the character. And if he wants to be the show, how the Joker became the non caring lunatic, I think he might actually be a great choice. Yeah, I, I can I can see him turning in a, a a high quality performance, something that you haven't seen the Joker be. In the past ten or fifteen years, yeah, if it's going to be his origins, you're going to have to see a little bit about what, how, how he became who he became because that that was one of the great parts in the Heath Ledger version is all the different stories that he told, you know, of how he got the scars. So some of our listeners have some thoughts about Joker. They, a few people have thrown out other names like Danny McBride, which that's kind of a joke name. Uh, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp can't play the Joker, but Daniel Day Lewis as the Joker. Daniel Day Lewis, if you could get him to unretire, plus he's a little older, but that would be crazy. And um, and somebody said about Jared Leto's uh, Jared Leto's Joker wasn't the, the problem wasn't the performance, but it was that he was playing the wrong era Joker. I don't know. I I kind of had a problem with with his performance. He just made he just made choices. That's what actors do. They make choices. He committed. It just I, I wasn't into it. It wasn't for me. All right, you um, want to do one more story here before we wrap it up? Well, two. Let's do two more. Let's do this one, and then we'll hit the the, the last piece there. Okay. Um, James Gunn and Marvel. It looks like there's just no way that we're going to get James Gunn back for Guardians 3. And last week, about probably about Thursday or Friday, there was a story that posted that the pre-production staff for Guardians 3, that it's the office and the employees – were released for released and allowed to go look for new jobs. So Guardians 3, which was initially supposed to be released in 2020, 
2019 or 2020, Guardians 3 is now on indefinite hiatus. It may not get a production. It may not, it may not, it may not happen at all because I believe that some of the, some of the cast ref, uh, more or less refused to work without the James Gunn script. Marvel brought James Gunn back in or Disney brought James Gunn back in to discuss their kind of issue. And Alan Horn, the president of Disney reaffirmed that James Gunn was not going to be hired by Disney. And they've shut down pre-production. Pre-production happens before the production starts to go, which yeah. happens before filming and, and production and you know all of that. So, I mean, pre-production is when you're kind of getting your staff together, you're getting your art, your, your you know, initial scripts together, who's going to be writing all of that stuff. All of those, that's, that's shut down. And it looks just like Guardians 3 either may not happen or may not happen anytime soon. So do you think there is a possibility of some quick refilming of some rewrite scenes in infinity war part two where maybe some characters don't make it (laughs) (laughs) now that maybe previously made it because of this some i don't know if they'll do that i don't know if they'll do that because you know that definitely closes a door whereas right now the door is just kind of like it's not open but it's not closed but i mean some other people have been saying oh we'll let taika waititi do guardians three I love Taika Waititi. He's hilarious. And I love Thor Ragnarok. It is probably my second or third favorite Marvel movie. But if I were Taika Waititi, I wouldn't touch Guardians 3. That is like thermonuclear, like, it's a bomb waiting to happen. What about some of the other, some of those other folks throughout the galaxy? I mean, you could do a spinoff, but... Yeah. It, the, the the problem is that the fans are upset and uh, they're going to react with to anything that is less than James Gunn getting the Guardians movie back with it's not good enough. So if you did a Ravagers movie or if you did a Guardians 3000 and you got like Stallone and, you know, Miley Cyrus and the other people that were the, the, the Guardians 3000. <laughs> if you try to do a Guardians 3000 movie, if you try to do Guardians 3 without James Gunn, it doesn't matter what you do. That specific combination is going to come back with Disney sucks. Disney is letting, you know, cyber bullies push around, push them around. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's bad. It's a bad situation all the way around. But yeah. society today, you know, society today, they're going to rant and rave and get down on the ground and kick and scream and throw the biggest fits you ever seen. But then they're yeah. going to get up and they're going to go see that movie. anyway. I, I'm only speaking for myself, but under this current conditions, I would rather just have Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 and not have Guardians 3 than to get any sort of half measure to get any sort of, you know, Disney just piled together a bunch of people to make a third movie so there's a a lot of really other really great stories out there yeah we can have other stuff so all right it's bc Disman. i was just gonna say with james gunn being able to make people care about guardians of the galaxy which was a nowhere comic why wouldn't dc snap him up and get him to do outsiders or something like that that's brilliant that's exactly right. I mean, they will. Yeah. It, almost anybody else will hire James Gunn right now. And the only reason you haven't seen a story of James Gunn hired by DC or James Gunn hired by anybody else is that even though they've fired him, there are contractual obligations that Disney has to 
um, has to iron out before they can formally like release him. He has a contract. They have they owe him money. He's contractually bound. He can't take other jobs until either the contract is vacated or until the contract expires. So, you know, James Gunn is under contract. He can't really take other jobs and other people can't really hire him yet until this is settled. So now somebody said, would you do, what about a Star Jammers movie? Okay, hold on. Uh, I would, I would definitely watch a Star Jammers movie, but give it to somebody else. Give a Star Jammers movie to somebody else and let it be wild and crazy. But you know, for me, Guardians belongs to Gunn. Anybody else got any thoughts on this on this uh, ongoing debacle? Okay, so let's end on some up news. I saw this the other day. Did you did you check this out? <laughs> yeah, I saw this. Robert Downey Jr. basically designed this car. It's like a Captain America themed Camaro, and he had it custom built for Chris Evans. Yeah, it's a 1967 Camaro. It is like melted army man green. It has uh, like distressed leather interior. It's got, it's been totally customized by this company, Speedcore. There is a, um, a, a promotional video for Jay Leno's. Yeah. Jay Leno's garage. I Jay Leno. Yeah. I was thinking Jared Leto. I was like, Jared Leto. That's not right. Yeah. Jay Leno's garage There's a promotional video for Jay Leno's garage. And he, and he kind of goes all the way around this car and, and shows it off. And um, this car is beautiful. It's got like 800 horsepower or something, 580 pounds of torque at the wheel. It is like a monster car. And it's it's elegant. It is classic. It has classic lines, but they've all been beefed up. It is a fantastic looking car. So this is a present from Robert Downey Jr. to Chris Evans. And this thing is awesome. The, the steering wheel was accented with a Captain America logo. Yeah. And they said the inside distressed leather uh, makes it look like Indiana Jones's jacket. <laughs> I mean, it, it's awesome. It, you, it's not really a Captain America car. It's a Steve Rogers car, you know? Yeah. It is yeah, awesome. a classic automobile that is like, I don't know, pure man. <laughs> it's just awesome. It's a great looking car. If you guys, uh, we'll, I'll throw a link in the chat and you guys can. Uh, go check out the Jay Leno video, but it's worth a watch. It's pretty awesome. I think that might do it for this show. We've uh, went over our extent our time, but that's okay. I thought we had some good discussions tonight, and we will uh, save what we were going to talk about for next Wednesday. Uh, join us at 7 o'clock Central Time here in our Discord server, discord.gg slash umcoc and uh, ask and speak up and talk with us and we appreciate uh, everyone uh, talking and texting with us tonight for our four color chat show and thanks everybody for listening live to the four color chat show you can find us on itunes google podcasts stitcher and soundcloud just search for the umcoc podcast network or the four color chat show thanks everybody